unabated. That's the new word, unabated. That's, that's too big a word. That's like mayonnaise. I'm assuming that's the biggest word I know. Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the week 15. We're right, week 15. We're here. 15. It's week 15 of the NFL season, and that means that it is time for another round of the Massey Peabody Rankings Breakdown. Of course, joining me here to do just that, none other than Rufus Peabody, one half of the Massey Peabody Rankings. Rufus, it's a weird week here because of just the stunning amount of quarterbacks that we have that are not going to be playing this week, some of them out for the rest of the season, and it means that the rankings are going to get changed pretty drastically even the uh, even if a team might have still had a pretty good performance they're going to be moving down here especially baltimore comes to mind as one of the teams we're going to talk about yeah exactly and first off i'm going to try to match your energy tom um because you're you're yeah but it, it is it, that is exactly the case because remember these are predictive ratings these are not explanatory so we want to say how good the team is today not how good they're going to be in a month when they have their star quarterback back Exactly. This is very much week to week ratings that you look at for this week, and they're going to change, maybe not drastically, but they're going to change over time. And given the information that we have, this isn't the same power rankings you're going to see on, say, ESPN, where uh, a team like the 49ers still going to be right up at the top uh, due to the fact that they OK, 49ers are a terrible example because either one of us could probably quarterback that team at this point, given how Brock Purdy looked in that offense here. We'll talk about them as well. But my point being, this isn't so much about a team's record as about how good they're going to be this week. And we do really have the gamut of backup quarterbacks in this week here to give a quick breakdown here. Uh, Arizona, Kyler Murray, torn ACL. He's out for the rest of the season. Colt McCoy is going to be in this week. Ratings drop there for them, 2.27 points. Denver, Russell Wilson, he's got a concussion. He's got the donkey brains. I don't think that he's going to be able to go. Ratings well, are assumed. What was I that? would assume that I, I would. I think there's a very good chance we don't see him the rest of the year, given their record. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. So I kind of was, I, I feel like there's a very good chance he's done for the year. I'm taking a step further and going on the predictive train. Oh. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say they're going to look at they're going to look at the Brett Ripon this week and they're going to be like, I don't know that we need Russell Wilson back for the rest of this season. Like the offense can't look much worse in Denver. I mean, I think Hackett's on his way out. I don't see how they. Yeah. The only reason McDaniels isn't going to follow him is because the Raiders can't afford two coaching contracts right now. But I think I think I would give McDaniels more time. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. It's been it's been rough. It's been. Right, I mean, but but they they're a better team than the record. They've they've gotten these big leads and they've lost these leads. But yeah. getting the leads, there's a lot more power and get predictive power and and being able to go up two to three scores on a team. So, and not to mention the fact that a lot of their losses have been one one like, score losses that like exactly. you said come down to it with those blown games. I can see where you're coming from there. I'm still concerned that they look at the records at the end of the season for the Raiders and they decide to blow it all up. But well, the, I mean, the Raiders probably should have blown it up in the offseason. They were not good enough to be a playoff team last year. They kind of squeaked in. They were yeah. like what four and zero in overtime games or something. Like they set some NFL record in that regard. So uh, I just I think that he they were always going to regress a little bit, and they did, despite getting Devonta Adams. They they yeah. were not one player away from being a Super Bowl contender, as I think Mark Davis had hoped. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Some teams need to be more conscious of who they are and where they are. And I think the Raiders kind of overestimated themselves. 
But Brett Rippon comes in for the Broncos. The ratings dropped 3.91 points for Denver in the rankings from last week. And again, this isn't all just quarterbacks, but the Rams, Matthew Stafford, he obviously is out for what will probably be the rest of the season here. I don't think he's totally on IR, but he's not coming back. Clive Walford then was named the kind of de facto starter here. But of course, the Rams pick up Baker Mayfield. Walford injured last week, game time decision, started the game, immediately got yanked, uh, most likely injury-based, but Baker Mayfield comes in, beats the Raiders. I am very upset with myself because when they had the ball on the two-yard line, I said to myself, the Rams are 11-1 to right now to drive down the field and win this game, and I should bet that, and I talked myself out of it. Uh, Oh, well, could have happened, but Baker comes in here. The ratings drop from Walford to Baker for the Rams, plus 1.86 points. The team improves with Baker at the helm, and he'll have a week to actually learn the playbook now. We'll talk about their game versus the Packers in a minute. The Ravens, Lamar Jackson, his knee, he is going to be out at least one more week here. They're expecting to have him back around Christmas time. Current rankings have Anthony Brown as the starter because Tyler Huntley, uh, he w- he was out of the game with a concussion uh, in Baltimore's last game here, but Huntley did participate in the team walkthrough today. He is still in concussion protocol. As of right now, you have Anthony Brown as the quarterback in the rankings. The ratings drop is 1.5 points. And then the Steelers, Kenny Pickett, he has a concussion, still in the rankings. Unclear who's going to start this week. Ratings drop 0.06 points, obviously, because the same quarterback is still. I'm in. using Pickett still. Yeah. I'm, I'm using Pickett. I'm, I'm, I'm not using Huntley, but those will yes. change as we as we learn more. Uh, Atlanta, Marcus Mariota hurt slash bench. Really weird benched, situation going benched, on there. Benched. Well, now he's also claiming that he's hurt and he's left the team. It, it's a weird situation that doesn't affect us for what we're trying to do here. But Desmond Ritter to start, the ratings drop is 2.1 points. And then, of course, here we also have uh, Brock Purdy coming in for the 49ers. And let's start there. What did you think of the Purdy performance? Mr. Relevant taking down Tom Brady and his kind of homecoming to San Mateo. Um, Brock Purdy, I believe, two for three for zero yards in the second half. And this team won by what, 28? Yeah, I mean, they didn't they didn't need to do much in the second half, but they had the most impressive performance of of any team this week. And, you know, their rating, they would have ex- been expected to beat an average team by 21 points on a neutral field. They were the third best offensive performance behind only Kansas City and Philadelphia. And they were the number one defensive performance, which should not come as a shock and by by a wide margin. And so they, I mean, he, he, he certainly played well. Um, our ratings certainly improved on the Niners, but it is just one game. I feel like I say that a lot. And we are talking about a, a guy who was almost one pick away from being an undrafted free agent. So our prior on him, even after, even despite playing a very good game and a good half before that is the fact that, you know, he's going to, he probably will struggle. He's in a very, very good situation with, and it, with he's got a great offensive coach. He's got great skill players. Um, he's got Trent Williams, at left tackle, but, uh, He's, he certainly looks good this past week. Yeah. Uh, it, it's Again, it's got me thinking that literally anybody could be pulled off the street and run the Kyle Shanahan offense, apparently. It, this is the only team for as important as quarterbacks are. If you're the 49ers right now and someone someone comes and says, okay, look, red pill, blue pill, 
One of them, you get back Debo Samuel for the rest of the year, completely healthy. One of them, you get Jimmy Garoppolo back. You, I, I feel like this is the only scenario where you're taking the Debo pill. I'm taking Jimmy still. I still? think. See, I think we're reacting too much to one game. G- yeah, I really do. I I get it's, that. Guys I, I can look. That, good. Yeah. I think for me, it's my priors on Jimmy. I am incredibly low on Garoppolo. Uh, I, I don't understand why. What has he ever? What has he ever done? Their, their playoff. Uh, he run? took a team to the no, Super he didn't. Bowl. No, he didn't take a team to a Super Bowl. His team took. He was him on to a, a Super Bowl. Bowl, right? So was Peyton Manning okay, the so year he, he retired. Do you think? Okay, what do you think? Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff? Who would you rather have for like, let's say, the next? If both fully healthy right now, who's better? Jared Goff. You think so? Yeah. Why? Uh, I think first off, yes, he has a lot of talent around him on the Lions, but he's able to do more with that talent. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the isn't the st- straw that stirs the drink for the for the Niners. When they made their Super Bowl run, there were multiple games where he threw what four or five passes in the game. He was just a handoff guy, and he's good for one backbreaking interception a game. He doesn't read the field very well. He's not overly smart he doesn't do anything special and he's not a great game manager i these actually don't, trust they sound you. like very qualitative arguments that have no basis in actual numbers but i mean i i trust jared goff to manage a game more than i trust jimmy garoppolo to uh jimmy garoppolo is more turnover prone and he is he i don't I think so. so i do not think that's the case hmm. we need I to pull up some... yeah i don't have i don't have the numbers in front of me but uh, like I just, anytime that anytime I watch this team play, Jimmy Garoppolo, isn't the reason that they're doing, doing well, he's been better this season, admittedly, but when they were at their peak, you could tell that this team, you could tell by their play calling, you could tell by the way that they wanted to move the football. It was about minimizing Jimmy G. If they had to ask him to do anything, it was too much. Dude, I'm going to just be honest, though. His numbers are fantastic, and they have been fantastic. for like He has 16 touchdowns to four interceptions this year, 7.9 yards per attempt, and his sack rate's only 5.5%. I mean, last year he led the NFL in net yards per attempt, which accounts for sacks and all that, and um, highest in yards per completion. He had an 8.6 yards per attempt last year. Like His numbers are have always been outstanding, and I think – I think it's a narrative that that like, you know, they scheme around his weaknesses or whatever, but I guess everybody has weaknesses, but you know what? I'd rather take someone that actually can perform like that. I mean, his his record as a starter is 40 and 17. I uh, yeah. Yeah. I I, I I think I think he gets a raw deal. I mean, like let's look at Jared Goff's numbers this year. I'm I'm kind of curious to see what his yards per attempt is at the moment for the for the year. Um he is 7.5 yards per attempt. Last year, he was 6.6. With Sean McVay, his last two seasons, 7.2, 7.4. Like, the year before, I guess his best was 8.4. He's 51 and 44 as a starter. He was only 42 and 27 with LA. Like, I don't think it's any comparison. I'm sorry. I'm, I am I harbor some anti-49ers bias here, and you, you've, got the, you've got the numbers to back it up. I'm, I, I'm, I'm still not on the Jimmy G train, especially because I am dreading him being the Jets starting quarterback next year. But uh I mean the Jets with Jimmy G would be a play like are definitely a playoff team. Yeah. Prob- probably. Jimmy G's a massive upgrade for them at quarterback. Over Mike White or over oh, yeah. Zach Wilson? Oh yeah. Over both. I, I massive upgrade. I'm curious to see where Mike White shakes out. I want to see a bigger sample size. 
Mike White's not the answer. He's he's he maybe he's like a little Taylor Heineke, basically. It's, you yeah. know, he's not the long term answer though. Yeah, but you you know during that game against the against the Bills this week, they went and they had to go, go into the locker room. He had to get chest X rays done during I the know. game, and he came back out because they determined that he does in fact have that dog in him. I knew you were going there. All right, Rufus. So let's talk about this 49ers versus Seahawks game here this week. Thursday night football, the Seahawks three and a half point home dogs to the 49ers here. And like you said, it's a one game sample size for Brock Purdy here. Geno Smith, at some point you have to start saying maybe this is who he actually is as a pretty good quarterback. This has been the Geno Sant season this year. But should the Seahawks really be three and a half point dogs here? What are the ratings telling us? No, they shouldn't, Tom. But it's funny, the the progression of thought on Gino this year went from being maybe he's really, really good to now like, oh, maybe he's just average. Maybe a little slightly above average, right? I mean, so, if you want to talk about more baseline, than, average yeah. is fantastic for what we thought Gino was going to be. For sure, for sure. But the thing is, uh, I, I just, I think we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves with Brock Purdy uh, in terms of as you said, I mean, you, you you think he's not much of a downgrade over Jimmy G. I think he is. And so uh, my numbers are still, I mean, the fact that they have an undrafted rookie quarterback, or sorry, the last pick in the NFL draft rookie quarterback, and are still almost three points better than an average team says something. It says that the rest of the roster is really good and really talented, and they and they have a good system. That said, I'm, they're not one of the best teams in the league anymore with with pretty quarterback and they're going to have to do play well more than one game offensively to sort of show me and and now you lose Debo I don't know how long he's going to be gone apparently it's not maybe not that bad um I don't know the news but it's, I think this game should be a pick yeah it, it's a high ankle sprain which it, it tells me yeah. he's not back this week probably, probably back not next to the week playoffs either. though yeah yeah this is a big divisional game though Seattle losing unexpectedly to Carolina at home uh Carolina a Carolina team that's been playing pretty well lately actually and so seattle from for my divisional futures um i i need a win here for sure yeah that's that that's going to be important and like you said this game does have some big ramifications there because if the purdy express starts to derail the 49ers could drop the division to seattle which wow 12 to 1 at the start of the season to win the division and they they have certainly been the biggest surprise of the season i don't think i don't think it's uh, a stretch at all to say that for Seattle. Uh, I mean, there's been some other teams. I mean, I, I would say though too. I mean, the Jets, the Giants, at least in terms of records. Yeah, like I, yeah. I think Seattle, as far as what they were expected to be versus what they are, the only bigger surprise, um, the Broncos, going in the opposite. Oh, direction. I mean, oh, there's been some big time negative surprises too. Yeah, I mean the Rams, the, Rams. the Packers. What about the Packers? Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about that game here in a second, but. Yeah, the Packers have been just a massive disappointment this season. The only bright spot for them now is at least Christian Watson has exploded. Yeah. Yeah, like he's he, he's starting to look like the receiver that maybe they were hoping that he would be. We'll see how that progresses, though. But the next game that we want to move to here as we rumble on is, in fact, that Rams-Packers matchup here. It is Monday night football this week, and it is going to be in Green Bay and the Packers, six and a half to seven point favorites. This line was a little bit all over the place. It settled at seven. Of course, there is a seven and a half out there at Pinnacle on the Rams right now. Green Bay, two and a half points better on a neutral field, according to the Massey Peabody rankings here. 
it's a 4.5 diff, uh, point difference between the line and what the Peabody, Massey Peabody rating says it should be. Well, the- Tom, first we have to remember, we have to add in home field and the Packers are coming up a bye week. So you get a point and a half there. So we actually make the line uh, 5.3 towards the Packers. And I, I was about, I was about to say Packers coming off the bye, but the Rams kind of coming off the super mini bye. They go from a Thursday yes. night game to a Monday night game. Baker Mayfield, of they course, expected to play quarterback here. That's that's more relevant in this scenario, that extra time, than it would be in a normal game because you have a quarterback trying to learn the playbook here. But at the same time, I'm giving I'm my numbers aren't saying, oh, Baker Mayfield doesn't know the playbook. It I don't have a way of putting that Qualified. in. So it's it's saying this is Baker Mayfield on a different team. And so in a way, I'm probably going to be a little bit low or high on the Rams with Baker Mayfield due to that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's any kind of edge here? If it's supposed to be five and a half, are you taking, are you looking to take the Rams in this spot? I, I can't. No. Yeah. I, I can't trust the Packers laying seven, but I don't exactly want to be betting on the Rams either. You know? Yeah. I'm laying off. Yeah. I think this is one of those, this is one of those games, but it's going to be, at the very least interesting here is the Packers are in the middle of what might actually become a lost season, but let's Tom, move on. Wait, Tom, you know what I might do here though, if I have a lean and, and in general, what I'm doing is I'm looking for some derivative markets to get essentially a better price. You know, maybe there's a first half where instead of betting into four and a half percent house edge, um, or let's say that's the norm, right? That's normal. Um, mm-hmm. Something that assuming the mark the the primary market's efficient, I might have I might find a bet that's maybe only negative one percent or something like that. And if you factor in my lean towards the RAM side, I've created what in my opinion is a positive expected value bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to and that's what the unabated tools are so good for. Exactly. Plug in uh you can head on over to the unabated odd screen there and you can start hunting for some alternate value lines. Maybe, like you said, try and switch to one of those first halves. See if you can't get a Rams number that you like there. Exactly. All right. Well, let's move on here. The Titans versus the Chargers. That's going to be the next one up. And the Titans, I feel like, are a bit of an interesting case here with the Massey Peabody ratings because they're still relatively high up. As a matter of fact, if we go over to the grades right here, Titans... Still the 10th best team, uh, 1.56 points now better than an average team on a neutral that's down about 0.4 points from 1.92 where they were last week here. After that uh, disappointing, to say the least, game that they had against the Jaguars. They just came out looking flat. Jags looked good, but now they are going to take on the Chargers instead who are coming off of what was a pretty good game against Miami, but... The Chargers didn't necessarily wow the ratings, did they? No, they didn't. In fact, what's interesting is that we only thought that uh, the Chargers played about a half a point better than the Titans did, despite the Titans losing by 14 at home to Jacksonville and the Chargers winning um, at home by six over Miami. The Chargers have done it in a way through a little, I mean, their defense played well. But on offense, they were they were very poor in terms of play success. They were 20th percentile. They're 59th percentile in terms of yards per play on offense, and and um, 21st percentile percentile on scoring efficiency. So basically, they had the ball almost the entire game. They had what 78 or 79 offensive plays, and they racked up a lot of offensive yards, but they weren't super super efficient per play. And I know that everybody's wowed with how uh, with how Justin Herbert threw the ball. Um, 
But I mean, the efficiency metrics were not what you'd expect given the amount of praise being heaped upon them. And my ratings on the Chargers were certainly probably a little depressed given the injuries they had on the offensive side of the ball earlier in the season that they had to play through. And clearly they're they're you know better having Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back. But I, I still think of them as a below average team here. And I I I think that the you know there's a lot of value in Tennessee here. I am not very surprised by uh by your evaluation of the Chargers metrics here because yes, Justin Herbert is the boy who is the wonder boy who can do no wrong in the eyes of a lot of people in the media. Everybody loves to talk about him, but the stats don't point to an efficient offense here for the Chargers. And your game grades are clearly backing that up here. The average depth of target for Justin Herbert is very low. Uh they don't they don't like to push the ball downfield or actually do things to really take advantage of his talent, in my opinion. I guess not. Yeah. And I think that it's showing here, but Tennessee, it's now been a couple bad games for them. The Philly game wasn't pretty and the uh, obviously losing to the Jaguars here, but the Jaguars did also just look really good. Like they were that team kind of turning a bit of a corner here, but you're still a little bit higher on Tennessee here. Yeah. Tennessee's now their, their rating has fallen three straight weeks. I guess it peaked in week 12, but, uh, their defense is is the strength of that team for sure. We think that they're a slightly below average offense, but we think their defense is strong. I think that's a pretty accurate take on them too, especially, I mean, Mike Vrabel gets the most out of the talent that he has there with that team. Yeah, and their defense certainly had an off game last week though. Yes, yes, it did. But And it's the NFL, it can happen. Yeah, it can it's, completely happen any given Sunday. Yeah. And plus, you know, when you go up against the Eagles, that's normally not going to be good for your uh, for your defensive metrics. And then the Jaguars, like you said, it was an off game. And Trevor Lawrence played what might be the best game of his career so far, in my opinion. Well, he's, I mean, he's played well the last, what, set the, you know, five, six games. I believe he doesn't have an interception. Yeah, the arrow was trending up, for sure. Certainly. I mean, Doug, having Doug Peterson as head coach and, I guess, de facto offensive coordinator, offensive mastermind, it has certainly been an upgrade over Urban Meyer and yeah. the dysfunction. Yeah, I mean, anything's an upgrade over that. But yes. yeah, the Jaguars all of a sudden a team that's kind of uh, in the hunt now for one of those playoff spots. Certainly. I mean, the division is still up for grabs. Yeah, because it is the, somehow the, only the second worst division in football right now is the NFC South is just even more putrid. Certainly. All right. So you're saying that there's an edge here with uh, with the Titans. It is the by far the largest discrepancy that I saw in the Massey Peabody rating, 7.23 points. Again, not adjusting for home field here, but right. you got the Titans is 4.23 points better on a neutral than the Chargers. The game is in LA. It's in LA. But so, I mean, we, we make the spread two and a half. Wow. We would make Tennessee a two and a half point favorite is what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's, which is way off market. I get it. I wouldn't book action at that line. There's certainly things, as I said, I'm, I'm, we're low on the Chargers because of the injuries they played through earlier, but I don't think it's, I don't think all that's worth five points. And I think, uh, I, I believe Massey Peabody is directionally correct here. And so I think there is value on Tennessee plus three. Now I can't pull, uh, now, now, now I'm not going to pull it up and go off on this tangent for too long here, but I'm just saying if you were to look for an edge in this Titans Chargers game here with the line currently where it is at that two and a half, three range, um, perhaps you look up the board a little bit, maybe to this Philadelphia Eagles game where they're eight and a half point favorites. 
and say, hang on a second, I can put together a little two-team teaser here that might have uh, might have some edge. That's a, certainly a good thing to do and use our te- teaser tool for that. Exactly. You can tease you can che- the teaser tool. Yeah, you can check the link for that in the description of this episode here. But right now, and you know, we'll be hunting for some teasers later on, maybe on our Thursday show, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Tune in for that live stream on YouTube. But let's talk about the next game that we have up on the board here, and that is the Falcons and the Saints. Um, this one, a little bit less of a discrepancy here. 1.3 points of difference between the line and the ratings. Again, I'm not adjusting for home field there, but New Orleans, you have is 5.3 points better than the Falcons. According to the Massey Peabody ratings, the line sits at Saints minus four at home in this one. The, the Saints, they have struggled a bit, but they're sticking with Andy Dalton, and we've got Desmond Ritter seeing action here. Um, are you thinking of any sort of potential edge here in this one, or is this a game you might stay away from? I don't. I'm staying away from this. I make this is a smaller home field advantage as it's a divisional matchup, and the the teams are. I mean, Atlanta and New Orleans are not too far apart. Not not a tough travel uh, itinerary, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I make the line New Orleans minus five point one. Okay. So if it maybe if we can see it start no. moving towards Atlanta, which we won't see. No. That's right. it's not going to be even if it gets to three, that's not going to be enough for me to take it. Mm-hmm. I have now, enough respect for the market. Mm-hmm. Now, how about in this one, the Jets versus the Lions here? If you were to take fun fact, if you were to take the Lions offense and the Jets defense, I think you have the best team in football right now. Yeah, let me see. I kind of want to know this now. I mean, you have are a they good better team. than the Eagles? The Jets. OK, the Lions offense and the Jets defense. Uh, you do that, you have a team that is approximately the quality of, I'm going to give you a team that's going to underwhelm you a little bit. <laughs> Actually, that it's right. That fits the gap between uh, like, that's like, say if, that's a little better than the 49ers, but not as good as Cincinnati or any of those teams. I think, that I don't think the Detroit sense. offense is that amazing. It's just that they had the benefit. And I don't of think the Jets defense is that amazing, to be honest. Really? They're good. They're poor. 0.85 points better than an average team on a neutral field. That's that's how I have their defense rated. Yeah. Wow. I am honestly surprised that it's that low. I feel like the Jets defense has been playing uh playing some impressive ball so far this season. But wait. They have been. Yeah. Is that but taking that includes into, prior and everything? It, it's factoring in priors, but it's also factoring some of the opponents that they've played. Like the the beginning of, course, of the season. Yes. The beginning of the season, they had some really fortunate matchups with uh backup and third string quarterbacks. Yes, it is adjusting for that. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. But we did uh, we did have something incredibly rare happen this week. Something good happened to the Jets. Mike White played? I don't know. Uh, n- the fact that Quinn and Williams went down with a knee in- a non-contact knee injury, and it turned out not to be major. That's the first okay. time I've ever seen that for the Jets happen, where we got good news out of that one. We're glad he's okay. But uh, in this game here, Detroit, you have him as 2.2 points better, according to Massey Peabody. and my question that's on a neutral though that's on a neutral again again i'm aware but my question for you is where do you think this game settles because the line right now is vacillating literally looking at the unabated odds screen here if i want the jets as a dog i can get them plus one if i want the lions as a dog i can get them plus one and some shops just have a pick them here obviously you think that uh, how much do you think home field advantage should play in and where do you think this number is going to end up well, first off, I think I make Detroit a half a point favorite. So mm-hmm. basically, 
we make this game like 50.5% for, for the lions. Yeah. Um, so in terms of where it's likely to end up, I think somewhere in the range it, it is now, I think where it is now is the best predictor of where it's going to be, especially given that I don't show an edge. Mm-hmm. Now, and actually, no, I make the win probably 51.6%. Now, my other question for you before we move on to our last game here is bringing back up these game grades for the Lions and the Jets. Do you have any way that you can quantify saying this Jets defensive unit is better or worse than the Lions offensive unit? Can you qualify who might have the advantage in that matchup? I think Detroit Detroit's offense is better than the Jets defense, but that's because offense is like a good offense is always going to be better than a good defense. Mm-hmm. Like there's just more, there is more separation among offenses. There's more, I mean, if, if you could have a team that had the best offense in the league, this is a good exercise, the best offense and the worst defense, how good do you think it would be? Um, a Super Bowl team. I think there's a good chance. Let's say the best offense in the league is Kansas city. It's 7.8 points better than an average team. And guess what? Kansas city has a below average defense. The best de- or the worst defense is Chicago minus 4.1. That's so right. you, so you still have, what's that? 7.8 and 4.1. Yeah. I mean, you still have a team that's 3.7 points better. You basically have the team with the, you, you, you have that jets lions team. Yeah. The best defense. Yeah. So. Let's move on here to our final game before we get out of here. And that is the Broncos Cardinals battle of the backups here. This game guarantee you going to be unwatchable. Brett Rippon versus Colt McCoy. The line right now is Broncos two and a half to three, but on a neutral, just 0.75 points separate these two teams here. Would you like the Broncos at under three points in this game? I'm unsure how much worse they're actually going to look than, than the, yeah, uh, than, than the Russell Wilson Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I think the market kind of agrees with that a little bit. Um, I, I think they should only be a one-point favorite. The market thinks they're a three-point favorite. So I certainly lean towards towards Arizona there. I, I make Denver 53% to win. But you're not going to take that? No, yeah. not a big enough edge. All right. Is there any game before we get out of here that you do have your eye on for an edge that we haven't discussed? Um, I'll tell you, potentially Houston. Yeah, uh, getting four. I mean, it's fourteen now. If it gets a little higher. I make it eleven point eight. They're um, almost outright winners as seventeen point dogs last week. They were. Um, yeah. So that's that. That's one where I kind of Massey Peabody shows a bit of a discrepancy. Another one that Massey Peabody kind of uh, has a, a discrepancy on is Miami is a four point home favorite against Indianapolis. Uh, Massey Peabody makes them a seven point favorite. And let's see, is there you anything mean Minnesota? else? What did I say? Miami. Oh, I literally typed it in wrong. It's Minnesota that hosts Indiana? Yes. Hosts Indy? Okay, well, never mind then. <laughs> I, I was typing these in right before, um, in, you know, right before our bet the process we just recorded so I could give Jeff a best bet. And <laughs> I was typing, am I, I guess, the, corrected to the A already since I already had the Miami game in there. So thank nope. you for that. No I, I sound very dumb, but... Um, Baltimore Cleveland's interesting, but with the quarterback uncertainty there, the fact that it's not necessarily going to be Anthony Brown starting, you know, obviously they're better with, with Tyler Huntley and, you know, long shot, but, but Lamar Jackson is a massive upgrade, obviously for both of them. So, um, yeah, I think, the, I think we've covered it though. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here. Of course, guys, don't forget, like, subscribe, and share the show. Give us that five-star rating if you are one of our podcast viewers. If you are listening to us on YouTube, please hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel and stick around for the unabated podcast dropping tomorrow if you're listening to this on release day. Uh, where we all get together with uh, Captain Jack and Peter Jennings and have some very interesting conversations about a little more top-level betting processes and just all-around general information about gambling that uh, hopefully will tickle your fancy. And, of course, you can follow Rufus on Twitter, at Rufus Peabody, and check out the Massey Peabody ratings on unabated.com sign up today for a subscription once again that's unabated.com you can join our discord as well for free all of those links in the description below thank you so much for being with us here and ladies and gentlemen we will see you next episode